Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. And today we're talking about black entrepreneurship as it pertains to the black woman. And this conversation is very, very insightful um, to all those that are starting out their businesses, that have a business, or are interested in starting a business. Dive into this conversation with us. My name's Kayla. Um, I start. I have a sustainable swimwear company. So all of our swimsuits are made from recycled water bottles here in the U.S. And they go from sizes extra small to 3XL, even though we're going to um, expand. But we also cater to women with black cup sizes A through H. So an inclusive, sustainable swimwear brand. Um, I started my business like 10 years ago. Um, it took a long time to get to where we are now, but what motivated me was just being in high school and knowing each summer it took forever for me to find a swimsuit top that was actually cute and comfortable and was something that like my grandmother wouldn't want to wear. It was actually something that was like in style. Um, so one day I just decided I was going to make my own and ended up turning it into a business. I'm Tamara. Again, my business is Rosandra V Organics. It's an oil blend company. I'm starting with um, hair care products. So we're starting from the crown and then moving, then moving down. So we have, um, we have healthy hair and scalp oil blends to start as well as, as well as a beard oil for men. Um, they're all vegan, cruelty-free, organic, ethically sourced, um, and ethically um, tested. Everything has been tested on humans, not people. And I'm humans, not, uh, not animals. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, but, um, yes. And then a cuticle oil, we have a cuticle oil that will be coming out, um, that will be coming out very soon. Um, I've been making my own oils just for myself, um, for my own hair, body, cleaning products, just all kinds of things as such, um, for, um, about four years now. So I, when my birthday came around last year, um, I decided to share uh, share my oil blends with everyone um, and then put them out on the market. So the plan is to continue on it as an oil blend company and then also kind of step into because I have other other dreams of things to sell. So um, kind of later on move into I want to do slip dresses some and, and clothing. So being able to expand the brand and, and split it out. Um, but it continue to be organic, ethically sourced, things of that nature. Okay, next up I have Candace. I am an attorney by day and then um, a creative and social activist <laughs> by passion. Um, and so my day job is that I work for a Fortune 100 company handling IT contracts and negotiations in that space. Um, but in the wake of COVID-19 and the social unrest in the world, one thing that I noticed was this unique shift in um, small businesses. So we start to see small businesses that are sprouting everywhere, people having these amazing ideas. And so from my perspective, what I wanted to do was to support those small businesses, whether it be um, influencers or creatives or freelancers or people um, that are, you know, starting their own establishment um, relative to 
practically anything. And um, so I started going in to support these businesses. And one of the things that I noticed was that although the products that were being shared were awesome and the ideas for those products were awesome, most of the small businesses lacked the contractual framework that they needed to protect, protect their brand equity. And that's something that we don't talk a lot about as entrepreneurs is the need to have proper contracts in place that protect your brand equity, that keep you from being taken advantage of, that ensure that you get paid on time and that you get paid the, the amount that you deserve to be paid. Um, and, and, and that's okay because I think as small business owners, um, the way to be most productive is to focus on what you're good at. And so I felt like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to come in and to um, offer to small business owners who need to know more about contracts, contracts, information that they can use that can help them grow their business um, while also protecting it. And so I came up with Inking the Deal. And inking the deal is pretty much a digital course that's for small businesses who are bootstrapping their business. They're not quite ready yet to retain an attorney full time, but they understand that they don't know everything they probably need to know about contracts and how those contracts should be set up, uh, whether that be employment contracts or freelance contracts or anything, or uh, just protecting their website by having the proper website terms of use. Those things are covered through my digital course called Inking the Deal. And um, it's, it's really, um, I would say, value-packed because what you get is the seven-module course that talks you everything you need to know from beginning to end about contract negotiation, um, what contract terms you should know, what contract terms you should be looking at to negotiate, um, to get the best deal for your companies, how to terminate contracts, how to enforce them, everything you would want to know from beginning to end. And it's seven modules worth of information. And then they also get an ebook that is a way for them to refresh themselves on what they've learned in the course, as well as a workbook that allows you to use like checklists and all these different things to kind of assess how what you've learned in this course really relates back to your own business and your own business needs. And so they're able to use the workbook to say, okay, these are my shortcomings. These are the areas that I need additional help with, or these are the areas that I need to enhance to make sure that I'm protecting my brand equity. So in a nutshell, what I'm doing is just offering uh, services to people that I think are doing amazing work, but just need that little bit of push to make sure they're protecting everything legally. Hi, everyone. I am Brittany Sierra. I am the founder of Curated Media, which is a full service boutique marketing agency. We specialize in storytelling. So the reason why, you know, I created this agency is because I've been in the media, marketing, and entertainment industry for about 15 years now, right? So one thing that I noticed is that advertisements were starting to lack the actual storytelling element. So these brands are spending money and they're like, I know I need to be on Facebook or I know I need to be on Instagram and I know I need to be on Twitter, but they're not telling cohesive stories that resonate with their brand. Here at Curated Media, you know, I tell all of my clients, you know, you can't try and sell somebody something. That's not what we do anymore. What we do is we develop a brand identity and then make sure every time we communicate with our potential clients or the people that we really want to impact and affect change with, we're talking to them the way they want to be talked to, right? How they want to be talked to, customized for each platform. I specialize in, of course, beauty, health and wellness, entertainment, and technology are my clients now. But 
I'm definitely open to providing resources to all businesses. So one of the things I want to make sure I do, because I feel like a lot of people sell marketing tactics without the marketing knowledge is if you want this basic information, one thing that I'm building on my site is a resources tab where if you're a small business or you're a marketer and you just want to get resources and know how something works, it's there for you. Um, I think that's super important, especially in the age of Instagram where everyone has a, you know, a course like, okay, here are the, the things that you need to know. And then when you're ready to invest, definitely take a course where it's a professional that's sitting there and they're helping your business. Like Candace just mentioned with hers, you know? Um, so yeah, that's me. By day, I'm a senior manager of audience development at BT, which is basically digital marketing and storytelling. And I obviously also have a um, journalistic background. So I specialize in culture critiques and entertainment journalism. Hello, everyone. So my name is Portia Maloney. Um, I am HR by trade, uh, but marketing made. Um, and what that means is my nine to five consists of working at Visa, um, the financial service uh, company. And with that, I help with their talent acquisition and then also diversity and inclusion um, work that they're doing there. Um, but my passion aligns with um, my business that I most recently started. Um, so more interestingly, I want to, I'm here to talk about Design Haven. Um, Design Haven is the one-stop shop um, that helps uh, entrepreneurs and then also emerging leaders with brand building solutions. And what that means is we help um, you know, up-and-coming business owners um, create everything that they need for their brand from the web design to graphics, logos, um, digital portfolios, LinkedIn makeovers, all these exciting things that you need to do to properly position yourself um, on the online market um, and, with, and also to solidify your online presence. Um, so we are all about creating visibility, credibility, and then also profitability um, for all of our clients. Um, so super excited to be here um, to just talk a little bit more about our journey. Um, the way in which this design haven came to be um, is kind of a combination of all the skills that I developed and working in corporate. I have I've had a very uh, colorful corporate background um, since I graduated. Um, so super just bringing all those things together. Super excited to share more with you all. So thank you for having me. Well, it was it was really hard picking a song. That's just I, I know everyone knows <laughs> and felt that it was very hard. Um, so I stopped looking for things that were about work and started to just let whatever song came to my mind and then tried to start to think of the lyrics. Um, and so that's how I got to got to give it up because it's you know the lyrics. I used to go out to party and stand around because I was too nervous to really get down. And that's really how it was, you know, getting into entrepreneurship, right? Because it's a, you know, I I've talked to everyone, I've had these conversations with people, and then it just kind of took its own time to really actually pull the plan together and really be out there. And you know, he says, you know, but my body yearned to be free, so I got up on the floor and I, you know, and I found someone to choose me. And basically, you know, I chose myself. <laughs> you bet on yourself, you choose yourself. Um, 
it's not like I quit my day job because, you know, we all, you know, we got day jobs still. So, but um, it's not like I quit my day job, but it was feeling like I have something to offer. I have something that I believe in. You need to go out and just do it. And then you get out there and you're not there anymore. You know, you're not on the wall anymore. And kind of the whole song is just about how now you're just out there in the middle of the floor. And now that you've decided to be out there, you have to do it. Like you have to give it up. You have to give it the best that you have and you have to do that continuously. Um, So that's kind of, that's how I got to that song because that's how it makes you feel. It makes you feel that, you can get down, you can do, you know, everything is great. And that isn't to say everything is great, but it's to say that that's the attitude that you have to have and you have to keep trudging along because there's, you know, there's ebbs and flows. I'm only, I'm only eight months into my journey and I know that there's all of these ebbs and flows in eight months, let alone, you know, being in two, three, five, ten, however many years, it's always going to be like that. But you have to just keep going. You know, you have to keep pushing through if that's if it's something that you really believe in. What triggered you guys to be like, okay, I'm I'm about to start this for real? Because a lot of people have these ideas of businesses they want to start, but a lot of people don't act on it. So what made you guys act on your business ideas? The cold <laughs> hard reality that um, corporate doesn't care. Uh, so with that, it's like you, um, like I said, I have a very colorful, um, journey. I'm working in corporate America and the business field in general. And for me, um, I've seen people get laid off. I've seen, I've been through like mergers and acquisitions and all these different things that impact, um, you know, people's ability to stay within a workforce. Um, so no matter how loyal you are to a corporation or, um, what have you, there's always going to be the pr- priority for them is um, profits, revenue, all of that stuff, not necessarily your uh, job security. Um, so for me, yes, I still work in the corporate America, but um, I want to have something of my own. Um, media influence, um, you know, and just in general, we're learning, reading um, about our people, um, talking about how it's so critical to have your own, build your own. Um, that way, nobody can take it from you. Um, so that's kind of what jump-started those experiences, um, jump-started, you know, and made that realization for me that I need to, you know, step on. I would say from um, my perspective, um, it was wanting to be impactful and then seeing that there was a space for the type of impact that I thought I could make, right? So one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now is everybody supporting, um, well, not everyone, but a large deal of us are in this space of resistance. And um, we're talking about things like Black Lives Matter, diversity and inclusion. It's a time and a place in space, but we're all really focused on, okay, look, that was it. We're now like, you know, again, fighting the power and resisting and trying to find out what our space is for that type of resistance. And for all of us, it's not being mobile on the streets or, um, you know, being amongst the crowds that are, Um, doing the physical protesting, um, for some of us, it is using our talents and our gifts to help in a way that helps to free us. Um, And one way that we are free is through our entrepreneurial endeavors or being creatively free. And so from my perspective, how um, the work that I'm doing came to be was that, like I said, I was noticing that there's this huge push for support Black businesses, support Black businesses. And then when I'm going to support these Black businesses, like, oh, she could really be so much better if 
she knew this, or, oh, I wonder if they know to do this, or, oh, I wonder if they know that they could, you know, scale quicker and that they will be considered more um, professional if they offered this when they're talking to clients or if clients saw them doing this. Um, and so that's kind of how I started just offering um, free information online through live videos, telling people information they needed to know for their businesses and how to secure their brand equity. Um, and through doing that, people started asking more and more questions. And so I was like, oh, it might be a good idea to develop a course. I know that not everybody can afford to pay the $250 an hour that I would charge if you know they were to put me on retainer. So it's like, okay, how can you give back in a way that people respect the value that you're giving them? And often I think we associate value with paying for the things that we really want. Um, but be mindful of the fact that a lot of young entrepreneurs who are just starting off may not be in a position where they're ready to make the leap full time within a company. So that was it for me. For me, it was this combination of a need and purpose. You know, I'm in corporate America and I love my job, you know, and I, I want to make sure that I'm very clear and that I don't sell this dream that entrepreneurship is this fantasy and it's easy selling and you don't owe anyone anything and you don't report to anybody because if you're an entrepreneur you have clients right so like you definitely it's an investment it costs you money instead of you just getting money you know what i mean but for me it was okay every day i go to a job that i do enjoy but i don't have the autonomy to create the impact that i want to create right? So that was number one. Number two was, I've been freelancing on the side for a while, right? So what do I need to do to make this an actual business where I'm also getting the benefits of this being a business from, you know, the government and from the way that I choose to file taxes and, oh, this is a business. So how much did you make? How much do you owe me as a business owner government that I pay taxes to? You know, that was important to me. And then I felt like solidifying the fact that this was a business is the only way that this would grow. You know, I could freelance forever. I could get clients on the side and it's my work and I'm proud of it. But there's a little bit more shape that I wanted to take with this journey of marketing outside of my job. I've been doing it so long and providing a voice to so many brands that we all use and love because I was in an agency before I was client side. And it's like, yeah. And you know that thing you really wanted to do that you had to vote with other people to do? Like you could have actually just done it if you had taken this person as your own client or this company as your own client. I think for me too, and this is something that I learned that of course I'm sure we can talk about later, I have, I have to stay on mission, right? I have to stay on goal. When I remove the mission of the business and start maybe scaling for profit or scaling for, okay, let's get more clients, it turns, it turns the whole business around. It's not what I intended. So it was a year with my business officially, July 29th. It's been an amazing year. And there was a lot of growth in a short amount of time. So for me, I would say the number one lesson is just knowing that for me, it's about need and purpose. Am I fulfilling a need and am I staying true to my purpose? For me, it was just a combination of things. But I think the biggest one was 
wanting to see more diversity specifically in the swimwear world because being 16 and being in high school and not being able to identify at that time a black owned swimwear brand was asinine so i was like you know what if it don't exist i'm just going to build it myself and the more i saw different women who were in high school like me or older cousins or older friends that were like hey like i've always had this problem too but i just thought i needed to lose weight or i needed to do this and it's like no you should be able to still find a really cute swimsuit that is you know a decent price but also you see marketing where there's women that look like you in that and so for me it was more or less about creating something that like yeah i own this business but having a bigger purpose to show other women like we do exist we deserve to be more prominent in the swimmer world and you know just to create a lane for other black women that was like my biggest reason for just saying okay i've played around with this idea enough like it's time to just do it so um and for for me um what really made me what really made me open the business when I did was I've had a lot of ideas swirling for quite some time. Um, and it was about actually putting it down and actually doing it. Cause at some point you have to do it. The, the thoughts can keep, they can keep moving around forever and ever, but if you don't do anything about it, then nothing comes of it. Um, so for me, it was important to really start to make those things real. Um, and this was that first thing to make real. Um, I, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of oil companies, there's a lot of oil blend opportunities, there's a lot of things out there. So it's, it's not necessarily that I am, that I am trying to do something particularly new, because it isn't necessarily new that I can be honest about. Do I think that it's great? Yes. <laughs> do I think that it's great because it's mine? No. I think it's I think it's great because I put in the effort and the research and the time testing it, making sure that it worked well, worked well with people. And and something that I care about is making sure that a lot of people can use these products, that it's not that it's not just for one type of hair um, or just one type of scalp because they aren't. Um, and a lot of times some of these other oil companies, they aren't. They just only market in one space. Um, so that was important for me. And this is a stepping stone in this is a stepping stone to a larger empire that I want to that I want to have or that I want to build. So to me, that's it. That's important because diversification is also very important in business, um, in life. You know, these are things I, I believe I believe this set of women understand. Um, so that's that's how I started with this versus some other ideas because you have to also be realistic about what you are putting out there from a perspective of how much it costs to make how much will it cost to your to your consumers is it does it is it needed now all of those things matter too so I want to know like when a lot of uh, entrepreneurs start out one of the hardest things when they when they're providing a service is figuring out the cost of a service and like not turning people away from that um and i know for like black women it's just like we're already in the corporate setting we're already underpaid so like trying to understand what your value is as an entrepreneur what was that like for you i feel like i had a little bit of insight because in marketing especially when I was on the agency side, 
I would have to bill clients. And I found out they were getting, they were, they were being charged $200 for an hour of my time, right? So I'm like, wow, I'm not making $200 for an hour of my time. And at the time I wasn't even making $100 for the hour of my time, right? So I started asking other people that work at agencies, like, oh, do you do a bill for your agency too? How much are they charging for your hours? And when I found out that the average rate was between 175 and 225, I had to say, okay, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? Because you do have to take into experience, take into account your experience, who your audience is. And one of the biggest things I learned for myself is that I cannot compromise on my rates. And I think that's hard for black women in particular, right? Because everyone will be like, oh, well, you know, you do design, I don't do design, but you do design, well, can I just go on Canva? That seems, that seems a little expensive or you just sat in an ad up on Facebook, right? Or no, you know, I think that women, especially black women need to set their price and stick to it and know who your, your target audience is. Because what I had to learn is that when I discount my rates, my work doesn't discount. My time doesn't discount. I didn't magically lose 10 years of experience, you know, like I didn't, oh, okay, well, they only got five years. No, it's 15 still. And your clients still demand the time and the output that you would have gotten at your full rate, right? So now you're sitting here trying to figure out how I'm going to create this amazing product at 75 to 50% of my rate. And it just doesn't, for me, it doesn't work. So I had to say, okay, Clients that align with what I'm doing needs to be my focus. It can't be, oh, I'm just taking any client or even I really like you and want to help you out because it doesn't work. I can't give you the best amount of work and the best quality of work at rates that just don't serve either one of us. So my, my advice is absolutely see what corporate companies are charging for the same work you do and figure out who your target audience is and come up with that rate. And then, you know, if you want a, you know, to help, let's say, small businesses that can't afford your rate, create a package that is very clear. This is what you get. This is the amount of time that comes with this package. It's a one-stop fit-all. It's not a customizable box because then you need to upgrade to this package, right? But if you want some press releases or you want content for your website up to this amount of pages, we have packages for that too. But when you you talk about retainers and larger projects, do not change your rate because you are going to regret, I've regretted it every single time. And to piggyback off of what Brittany's saying, I also feel like when you don't charge your rate, it, it creates a type of resentment that doesn't allow you to do your best work and to serve your ideal client. Um, so I know that I particularly struggled with um, charging my, my rate for multiple reasons. Number one, I have a bleeding heart. And so it's always like, well, my, my the real reason why I'm doing this is to help people. So if I'm really trying to help people, am I wrong for charging this rate? And so to, to piggyback off of what Brittany's saying, the way that I was able to 
help myself in that way was okay number one i'm going to give you a lot of valuable free content that you can you can get straight from my instagram straight from my blog straight from my facebook lives so i'm helping you in that way number two i've customized a actual course that is you know at a at a reasonable price point that you can afford but at the moment that you need me to actually step in as an attorney and to do the work for you or to be on retainer for you over an extended period of time i have to charge you the, the rate that I charge for my work. Um, and one thing that has that really helped me with being standing confident in what I charge is I did this exercise, which I have been encouraging all of the entrepreneurs that I've been in contact with to do because it's so helpful, um, is I sat down and I really wrote down everything that um, helps me to determine my value. What experiences have I had? And, I, and if you're, if it's something that you're interested in doing, be very specific. Like for me, it was like actually saying out of my mouth, oh, I negotiate over $40 million per year in deals. That's a value add that you're not getting with any other attorney, you know, just a, a attorney that you bump into on the street. Oh, I've had the opportunity to work specifically on these type of complex engagements. So it's being very, very specific. and um, being bold enough to say it out of your mouth because another thing that I realized that I struggled with was trying, trying to be fake humble. So like there's this thing where like black women need to stay in their place. And if you are, if you, if you actually speak truth to power about your accolades and what you have accomplished, then people may misunderstand you or judge you or think that you think that you're better and therefore not want to work with you. In all actuality, what I have found is that in instances where I have lowballed on my rates and said, oh, I'm trying to help them out, the person will go to someone else who does not look like me, pay them more, and say that the reason that they did not go with me for the services is because my rate was so cheap that they just felt like I didn't know what I was doing. So it's like a catch-22 when it comes to that. And I actually saw on Instagram, my last thing, because I could preach a whole sermon on this. Um, where a, a young entrepreneur had started a um, small business and someone actually like wrote her, you know how you can ask the questions <laughs> in the Instagram. Someone said, uh, you do a great job, but why are you so expensive? And I had to make a post directly following it because it just hit a, a nerve with me that somebody was that bold to say that. It's like black women are not too expensive. We're just, stop asking us to do things for free that you will pay any other person to do pay us what we deserve for the work that we're giving you because we're giving our all and you wouldn't ask for a discount or for, for less from someone who didn't look like me. So stop expecting us to do for free what you would pay for from anybody else. And stop saying that people are too expensive. It's not that they're too expensive. They're out of your price range or out of your budget at that moment. And that's different. And how that comes out of your mouth and how it sounds to the person you communicate that with is completely different than saying, oh, you're too, you're too high priced or, oh, you're too expensive. So for me, it was writing out my value. It was being able to know that I'm offering good value for free and that if people really need me to take it to the next step, they will pay for what they want. I mean, I agree. It's the same thing with our swimsuits. Like our average suit for a one piece is like 120. For a two piece, it's about 120 as well total. And in the beginning, I had so many people like, well, I could go and get something similar from Target or I could go get something similar from here. And it's like, you can, but it's not sustainable. Chances of it fitting 
the way you want it to fit depending on like body type and build it might not fit and then you may wear it a couple of times and then it's ruined versus like something with longevity um you know with our suits and the quality of our suits is something we do stand on so it just became um really imperative to me that just a lot of other brands who are owned by women that are not black have very similar swimsuits to what we offer at the same price point and no one asked them for a discount versus like everyone in the beginning at least was coming to me like well can i get this kind of discount or can i get this and it's just like no you know we'll run sales and stuff but it was just really important um that people understood the value of our suits and knew that like it was worth it and just for me to stick to my guns and not really budge on the price and really look at what our competition was doing so and i i think that that's also that that's very important and it's also important that especially when you have unlike un, unlike candace and Brittany, we have businesses that it's a it's an actual product right so it has a hard cost to it so we can't skimp on the price because we have to pay in order to produce these items so you still have to fall within within something that is that is profitable to some degree it may not be profitable in the beginning but it may it'll become profitable so you do have to be honest about those things and also when you're when you're doing something that um like uh kayla um like kayla is that you're doing something sustainable those things cost right <laughs> the 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 vegan products they cost organic products they cost a little bit more they just they already cost a little bit more on the front end um so that's also important to to be mindful about that when you're when you're setting your pricing you don't want your pricing to be so low that you are paying people to use your product because it's more than just the product hard cost too it's the it's the building the website it's the labels it's the bottles it's the you know it's your time it, it's all of these things are wrapped in um into that and i know for me something that was also very important for me was utilizing black women to help me create the brand so the labels were made by a black woman the website was built by a black woman and i agree like with candace and britney's point that i will that i have to pay you what you're worth i'm not going to try to lowball you either because that is your skill and that is your talent so i have to pay that too um and and all of those things are important you know all those things matter too and all those things go into cost as well and and for me, that was just that part of production was also so important. So I had to also keep that in mind when I made the pricing for for the oils. Um, and as I look into pricing for newer things, because when I start to move into face oils, face oils are expensive because those products, those ingredients are expensive. I do feel like black women ran and owned operated businesses. It's always this unfair, I guess it reflects life, right? It's this unfair expectation sometimes. The expectation that our prices are mutable and we can just change them and lower them because you want them lowered. When they go to Target for that swimsuit that won't last as long, they never cycle Target. Can you just take five, $5 off? That's it, just $5, you know what I mean? They don't do that. When they go to Nike for those shoes that cost $2 to make and spend hundreds, they're not, well, you know, it really don't cost you this much to make it. And I think that if we as business owners stick together and say, 
you know what? We're going to be fair. We're going to be profitable and we're going to give you quality work. And we do not compromise on that. People will start to be trained on how to treat us on the streets and in business, you know, because if we're always sitting there trying to undercut our prices, the moment you can't get that package there in two days, they're going to storm you on Twitter, right? <laughs> About how the package didn't come, but your package been sitting in the UK from Pretty Little Thing for three weeks because of Corona. So, you know, you just, it's very important that we're honest as business owners and consumers that the expectations just are unfair, but that doesn't mean that we're going to succumb to them because we're providing quality work, whether it's a product or a service. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two male leads. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you wanna see the inside? Huh. I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow! Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Yes, okay, so Sky's the Limit by B.I.G. and 112. It just really has good vibes. First and foremost, um, but more than anything, like I said, I started my business really young. I first started working on swimwear when I was 15 years old. Um, so no, I was young, I was black, and I was a woman. Nobody took me seriously. Not manufacturers, not, um, at the time I was looking for investors. Um, no one took me seriously. So it was in the beginning very discouraging um, because I knew that there was a marketplace for swimwear especially that was sustainable, black owned, and, you know, very inclusive sizing. So that song always was one that would kind of just like haphazardly come on as I needed to hear it just throughout my whole journey. So it's still one where like, if I'm having a little bit more of a tougher day, I still put it on and it just kind of like reminds me to just keep going. Um, You know, there's tons of speed bumps, but at the end of the day, it's really worth it because I know that you know, I'm doing swimsuits and like I have my business for a much bigger reason. Uh, piggybacking off of that, how did you guys handle adverse adver- adversity? <laughs> adversity and doubt when you were starting out and even like as you're continuing with this journey because everyone goes through the, that no matter what stage you are in business, how do you guys handle that and get through it? I mean, for me, I'm going to say it just really came down to having such a really good support system that believed in me at the time, especially being as young as I was looking back, but having a support system that believed in me and really saw what I was doing was like, no, like, just keep going. You never know where it's going to take you. Like, they believed in me until I believed enough in myself. Um, And as I've mentioned, you know, like the swimmer world, it's getting more and more diverse, thankfully. But when I first started, I mean, I still go to some trade shows where, like, I will, you know, have, like, a badge and everything, and there will be someone white standing there, and they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, you can just stand here, and we'll wait until the brand owner comes, and I'm just like, I am the brand owner, and so then their whole demeanor changes, so it's not something that I think goes away overnight for sure and even piggybacking off of um what Brittany said we as black women and as black business owners are expected to kind of like undercut and undercharge ourselves to make other people feel comfortable and that's something that i've struggled with over time but it's also something that like i'm a lot more cognizant of moving forward um you know 
but different adversities have definitely come up and I just kind of tackle them as I go. But I would say my support system has definitely helped me get through a lot of different challenges I've faced over the years. I would say for me, it's um, three things, a combination of three things. Um, so I just finished w- reading The Awakened Woman by Dr. Tararai Trent. It is amazing. If you guys haven't read it, please just dive into it. It's, it's such an awesome read. But one of the things that she talks about that really resonated with me is this idea of dismantling um, the stereotype that uh female friendships, or I hate the word female in general, (laughs) that friendships among women um, are naturally catty, that they are drama-filled, and it talks about, you know, the statistics about how friendships really are good for your health, that people who have a great circle of women around them that, um, that, that, you know, believe in their dreams, actually live longer, they suffer less from hypertension, all of these different things. And it talks about the importance of lifting each other and how when we lift each other, we are then propelled or motivated to keep going. And once we go, then we are able to lift the people behind us. And so I have to attribute a lot of um, my ability to overcome adversity from my circle of sisters. Um, And it's just random Instagram, um, IGs when I'm like, these people are tired of seeing what I'm posting. My engagement has been low. And somebody saying, thank you so much for that. I was just about to give up on this. And then you posted that. Or, um, you know, me telling my friends crazy ideas and them saying, girl, I can see you doing that now. Like just being the ultimate hype man or hype woman <laughs> in this case for the things that I have going. Even my mom acting as a sister, always being there to encourage me. I have wanted to sing. I have wanted to dance. I have wanted to be a veterinarian. And no matter what the idea has been, her just always believing like, yeah, if you want to do that, you could do that. And um, that, you know, kind of resonating with me and trickling down into who I am as a person. So I would say, number one, you know, the establishment of good sisterhood. Number two, a growth mindset. So. Um, I failed a ton at life. And I think that's why I've been so successful because it's like, once I failed, that has, uh, I use it as a learning moment. So I always say, I may forget what a process is, but if I actually fail at it, it will be forever ingrained in my mind. And from then on, like, I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. And I think a lot of times people are so worried about what other people think that when they fail or if something doesn't pop immediately, they don't make 20K a month like they see other influencers talking about how they made and it's like oh I made a bad decision nobody likes this and it's like this whole pity party when it's like girl the first thing I posted and promoted it didn't do well nobody bought it and it was like okay what can I do to get better oh from this conversation it seems like I need to hire a Britney I need to hire like like you know thinking about how I can level up rather than just saying to myself like oh I'm gonna quit because it's not working um and so I think it's growth mindset I think it's sisterhood and then I think it's overall just being um resilient like just having the mindset that like no matter what comes my way no matter how many times I get knocked down I'm going to get back up and also stopping the whole idea of these time frames for ourselves because I think that that is what really hinders us right so when I graduated 
I'm always like, why the heck did I rush through undergrad? Like, I just had to be done in three years. For what, sis? Like, for what? And then it was like, once you graduate, like, oh, I got to be married by this age. Oh, I've got to do this by this age. For what? Like, I'm here now. I'm just like, girl, you should have enjoyed being single longer. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it. But it's like, why did we rush through our lives? (laughs) So, like, now it's really enjoying the process, like, and looking at the incremental success going back and looking at a journal from last year and how much I didn't know and how much I know now and, and, and just appreciating that journey more so than being like, I got to hit a hundred thousand followers by this time or I'm a failure or I got to sell this many books by this time or I'm a failure. Like, no, whether I get there tomorrow or whether I get there 10 years from now, I, I'm still going to get there. And that's like the most important thing is like just enjoying that journey and having um, people surrounding you to, to enjoy it with you. I was just going to piggyback on that, just the the concept of just understanding that life is a series of choices and a series of lessons. And you make choices and every choice may not have, may have, every choice does have a consequence, but it could be a good consequence or a bad consequence. But it's just, it's just the life that you're leading. Um, And that it's important to live the life that you have because you only have one. So you might as well try these things while you're here. Um, so that's also been very important. Um, I think for me, that's just been important for me in life in general, just just moving through this space and time. Um, but also, but I do think that support is so important too, because if you're, you may do a lot of the work yourself, but it's your friends that help promote you. <laughs> you know, it's your friends that, it's, the, it's your friends that make you feel good your family that makes you feel good they're the first people that test your that test your things are the first people that see your things are the first people that comment in the things that they say especially if you have truthful and honest friends um as i do um when you when you have those you know that you're going to get their real and true opinion they're not going to they're not going to lie to you and they're not going to sugarcoat things things for you because that that's also very important too um, because you have to, you have to know, um, you know, some people can put the blinders on and that's what helps them go down the journey, them kind of put their heads down and make it all the way through their journey very quickly. And then there's so many things that they miss because they just, they weren't allowing people to help them. They wanted to get those things done. I think that ties into the timeline thing that Candace was saying that there is a lot of us that there were so many things that we want to have done at a certain period of time. And if they get done, great. But if they don't get done, don't, you don't really have to beat yourself up about it either. Um, and so it is all a learning. Um, it's all a learning experience, I think. Or taking everything as a learning experience and not necessarily as a failure. You know, you don't know, you don't know until you do. So that, you have to do things first. So getting to that point of failure, um, that scares a lot of people and that shakes a lot of people. Have you guys been through failure yet in your um, journey through entrepreneurship? And like, what was that moment like for you guys? And what's advice you'll get to give to somebody that are afraid to hit that point? I think with entrepreneurship and life in general, you cannot be afraid to make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not making mistakes, then you're not living enough. You're not trying enough. You're not experiencing enough. You are going from point A to B in the safest way possible. You're walking, you're, you're coming back, you're stopping, you're looking both ways. And that's great. 
but this entrepreneurship journey probably isn't for you. And I think that's something that you have to be real about. We don't have all the answers. A lot of this is a learning experience. It's a discovery experience. And at the same time that we're learning and discovering, we also have to be experts to our clients, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I will say one of the lessons that I learned in my first year of serious business with my agency is no is a powerful word. I do not have the bandwidth is a powerful word. I think that you want to help and impact so many people because all of us are here honestly, right? Like there's this earnestness and this passion to do good work for as many people as possible because all of us mentioned this purpose and this need that we're trying to fulfill. But we can't do it for everybody at one time. That has been, I don't call it a failure, but definitely a lesson that I learned. It's okay. Until you're able to scale the business, to take on this many clients on monthly retainers, you're going to have to tell some people no. And it doesn't matter if you've known them for years or if this is a really big client. And what that does is that I also learned to be more selective. Because I think that sometimes we get these clients, if you're a service-based business, or even if you do like customizable orders as a product-based business, you get the clients and you're like, oh, here's a client and I'm free today, yes. And then if you waited three days, you would have known that you were going to get this huge client or this big order that actually is something that you probably could have and maybe should have taken on, but now you can't because you told these other three people yes. I have developed systems that has also helped. There's an onboarding process. There's a before, just because you need a marketer or you need a marketing service doesn't mean that it's going to be me. There's a, hey, like that's a week, right? Because what I think is fair is for you as a business to know, one, is this really in your budget? What do you really have the money for? And then me as a business to say, is this a growing relationship? Because that's another thing. I, I want to grow with all of my clients. It's one of the reasons why I left agency life and went to brand side, you know? So I would, for me, the biggest lessons have been knowing when to say no, knowing when to scale, and just being able to bounce back. Because we want, because we care, and especially Black women, we care so much about our products, about our services, about what people say, about helping people. That any little inconvenience sometimes can be like, man, I really messed up. I really wish I had done this differently. But again, we all work with businesses every day and we know they're not perfect. Take the lesson, learn quickly. I used to have an SVP that would say fail fast. And it's true. If you're going to mess up, mess up and keep moving, right? You messed up, correct it, and then keep moving to see what the next discovery is. Yeah, and I think that is definitely just an inevitable part of the learning process, um, especially when you're walking into something that's just brand new. Um, and if you do t uh, try out a new um, marketing tactic or you put out a new product and it wasn't as popular as the last, just take it as a, um, again, learning lesson, but then also market testing. Um, so now you're learning what works, what doesn't work, what people like, what they're receptive to. Um, and all of this is just going into building your portfolio or your market or your, um, you know, br room in the specific area that you're selling in um, so that you understand what your um, 
what your signature items are, what your things that you do best are, um, so that you can just keep building those up. And that is your niche. And that is kind of what customers are going to identify best with you. So I wouldn't say like be so concerned and worried about, oh, I couldn't do this. Um, this didn't work. But what did work? Because I'm just working. And then just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying um, to, you know, advance that. I think that's great. And I, I also think that um, just to piggyback off of what, uh, two things, what Brittany said about um, being selective with clients, I think that goes back to value add and also your pricing. So one thing that I've realized is that by having um, premium prices for my premium services, it is allowing me to get the type of ideal client that I want. Because what you find is that when you trying to be nice and you're like oh i'll take you on for two pennies and no. those are the those clients will give you the hardest time and really like <laughs> stress out um the other thing though you know to move forward and talk about what was on point i just had to get that out um was um for me what i'm learning what has been an opportunity for growth rather than a failure is the importance of being able to fearlessly in like promote yourself. So when you go to my page, like I'm a Leo. So of course I love to take a good picture. I love to dress up and all those things, but I realizing that I do need to, I can, I can stand to, to strengthen the area of actually promoting what my value is and getting people to really tune into that. Because sometimes you're like, well, I don't want them to think that I'm talking about this too much, or I don't want to bore people, or I don't want people to think that I think I'm better than them. Like all of these, this whole idea of finding the balance. But it's like when you go to people's page or you look at people who are successful, they are constantly finding a way to tie their story into what they do and what they're promoting. And so for me, it's, getting really clear on that and being okay talking about it um, regularly and also moving past imposter syndrome of like, um, you know, it's easy for you to say, well, what really qualifies me or what will make people understand what I'm really doing and be able to, to, to um, hone into that. And so um, for me, moving past that imposter syndrome and again, just really getting clear on what value I'm adding and why what I do is legit and makes a difference has like paid dividends when you have that type of confidence and you're able to just speak it off of your like just say it um it pays off stuck with me because I'm all about rooting for um, you know the up-and-coming story up and coming person the underdog and um, the person that you know wasn't necessarily that didn't have necessarily have the silver spoon um, but still was able to hustle work their way up um, to get to the point in life um, and then also with God's grace and blessing um, to accomplish the things that they want to uh, you know do uh, so for me, um, I sent the remix actually with Mary J. Blige because, you know, it's Mary. So, um, and it's just a, the, the chorus is different um, and she just brings a different flavor and talking about no matter if it's like entrepreneurship um, or if it's you're just working your nine to five in general, single mother with kids, not necessarily my situation, but 
um, it's something that everybody can relate to and just kind of empowering and motivational in the sense that, you know, you still got to get it done. Um, you know, you have the power and the ability to do so. Um, and just from myself and my story, um, I am, uh, you know, a first generation, everything basically. Um, so first generation college student, uh, went on to get my master's in combination with the first person to step into a large scale corporation, a couple of them. Um, so like I had to learn, you know, from the, the zero starting base and kind of hustle and work my way up and through. Um, and then just again, like I said before, taking those skills, knowledge, abilities, and all of that, emerging them and cooking them up um, to create Design Haven. Um, so that's kind of where my, um, you know, selection in that song came from. So I want to get the topic you touched on. I think it was Candace, uh, imposter syndrome. Have you guys felt that throughout this journey? I didn't feel that. What I felt was that sometimes people and corporations alike wanted me to have it. For me, what I knew is that this is the work that you have been paying me to do, whether you were the Green Bay Packers, whether you were one of the biggest spas globally, whether you were Viacom CBS, whether you were all of these brands, it was me doing that work, right? So when I come to any other brand and say with the confidence and experience and the knowledge I have that I execute amazing marketing campaigns and I know how to do it from conception to completion, I mean that. You know, I'm not trying to sell you something that I don't have the experience in. I think what I have noticed and even with this whole Black Lives Matter being now a corporate gig, right, is that people still expect for me to pretend that I don't have what I have. If you're telling me, corporation that brings in billions of dollars a year, that you want to bring me on because of my talent and I just so happen to be a Black woman, then pay me the same amount that you would pay the agency. Because I know three years ago, he paid between $175 and $200 an hour for my time. So don't come to me and want to pay me $75. It doesn't work that way. You know, so for me, I didn't have the imposter syndrome because I, I know that I produce good work. What I came up against were corporations who wanted me, again, just like other consumers, to not realize my value so that they could also get a discount. I think for me, it was less of, um, you know, imposter syndrome, but more so getting the elevator pitch down um, to a T for you to understand in the most eloquent, articulate manner um, that this is what you work. This is what I'm working with. And this is what, why and how I can help and assist you. Um, so a lot of time spent on, you know, perfecting that um, and then just writing out all the small wins all throughout the way and all your, your entire story. So we talked about earlier, um, you kind of got to get in a, I mean, obviously you stay humble, but you kind of got to get in your bag, if you will, um, to talk like, yeah, I did that. And then I also did that. And then if, if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't have happened. So, you know, just keeping a little note, little log, obviously updating your resume, um, you know, frequently, um, but being able to 
come to, um, you know, whoever you're speaking to, whatever agency, whatever client, to be able to say, this is why, um, you know, my business is, um, you know, the best in our opinion to fit your exact needs. This is how, this is what we did in the past. Um, and this is what we can do for you. Um, and here are tangible results, metrics, data, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to bring. Um, so that, you know, it's not just talk like, yeah, you want to get that talk, that elevator pitch down, but like we have actual examples and um, realistic things that we can uh, pull up for you to take a look at. Um, so that kind of offsets if you work on it with yourself um, and kind of, again, work, uh, you know, work on perfecting it, practice, practice, practice uh, um, your, you know, elevator pitch of what you bring to the table. I think that it'll become easier and that uh, imposter syndrome will definitely uh, lessen. So there's this brand that I discovered during COVID. Uh, I think it's called like Moon Cosmetics. So I just been following the owner because she hit a milestone and made, I think it was $1 million in like eight minutes. And recently I, um, she put up a post saying uh, to any business owner, please don't share your success because people are so envious and it's sad. What are your thoughts about that? I think you should be authentic to how you operate as a person, right? So if you are one of those people who you get inspiration from seeing other people's wins, so you also want to share your wins and your lessons, do it. Because while everyone may be, while everyone may not be your biggest cheerleader, if you're here to inspire, then inspire. Whoever feels some type of way or has malicious intent, they're not your target anyway, right? And someone being jealous or desiring your success is never gonna stop you from getting the success. I completely understand the need to recognize that everyone is not in part of your cheering team, but as far as sharing your success, if that's what you like to do, do it. You know what I mean? I will say as a marketer, one thing that I personally need to work on, which I will do with my clients all the time, is yes, sharing my experience. I'm not, not gonna necessarily say numbers and success, but my experience and my lessons. And also I understand, again, everyone isn't your biggest fan, but you just said she made a million dollars in eight minutes. So guess what? I could care less about those people that were like, oh, we really don't like it and did a fake Yelp review because in eight minutes you made a million dollars. So also some mind state thing, right? Like why are we concentrating on the five or 10 people who might be so jealous that they speak harm over your brand and your name when a million dollars in revenue was made. Who cares about those eight people? Are they buying? No, we don't care. Yes, wonderful. Give me your money as you talk about me. You know, um, I, I think that we need to be careful as entrepreneurs in knowing that we're what we're in it for and who our, who our audience is and not letting people that aren't having a good day, a good month, a good life, deter us from our purpose. And sometimes part of that purpose is inspiring other people. I'm happy that she made that amount. I'm happy that she told us. I'm happy that people love her products. And that's what she should care about more than the, let's say, 50 people who wanted to cause harm because they were jealous. Because obviously it's not working. Because she had to restock. And sold out again, you know? But I think concentrating on those things are 
a much better use of our time. I, I think I think it's one of those things you can see it as engagement, right? If you commented, that was engagement. That was reach. That was all the all of the Instagram metrics and social media metrics are being hit. So whatever needs sometimes those things are important to say for yourself too. If it isn't like you said, it, it is important to be authentic because if it is important, if it's important for you to say for yourself, then you should because that is your accomplishment. You deserve that. Um, I think that I think that the internet or social media, whatever piece of the the internet we want to say this is, that that is just how it is, right? There is just a subset of people on the internet that hate every damn thing, um, and it doesn't matter. You know, there's there's not much that you can do. That is just how it's going to be. Every brand is going to go through those things. Everyone will go through those things. So you have to celebrate the wins. Because if you don't celebrate your wins, who will? Um, and, and so that's important. I also understand wanting to keep those things to the chest. Because when you say, let's, let's be 1,000% honest. When you say you made a million dollars in eight minutes, the average person is like, what the hell, how, when, where, why? And is it cracking there? You know, like th that is what people start to think. That is just their natural response. Now, everyone may not get get the fingers going <laughs> to make that response but you are all, you are opening yourself up to whatever it is anytime you open your mouth about anything about your brand so that's just something you have to be prepared for but you should like Brittany said you should be you you should be authentic to you and if you're not boastful don't be boastful because it's going to be it's going to be awkward if you're if you are generally boastful and you're not boasting then that is going to be a sign of something too so just be you okay so i know like in the beginning when everyone was introducing uh, their businesses Brittany brought up mission statements and goals how much does your goals and mission statement align with your purpose as like a person? I think for me, I think my um, mission statement or, or purpose aligns very heavily with me because something that was important um, was organic. Organic and natural products are just important to me in general. I'm also a, I'm also a certified yoga teacher the holistic, the, the, the entire concept of well-being and, and doing it from a holistic perspective is important to me in general. Um, so that is how that ties for me. Another thing that ties for me is the, the choosing my name or choosing Rosandra V was very important to, um, honor, to honor the Black women that have made me me. Like those, those names are, that's my mother and my aunt and my grandmothers. That, that is their names together. That is important to me. And even, even as I expand into different spaces, carrying that name is important because those are the women that made me me. Those are the women that told me and showed me that I can do whatever it is that I want to do. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't. So for me, it was very important to incorporate that into, into my business because it, it, I feel like if you can't promote or sell or do anything that isn't authentic because eventually it's going to seep out. Eventually the people will see you for who you are. So you want to be upfront with who you are from the beginning. 
Um, and I think that that's, I think that that's just something that's very, very important. So I, I tried to, to, I tried in this journey to make sure that those things were at the forefront. Um, as I said, also, because I, because I've said black women are so important to me and made me me, it was important to use black, to use black graphic designers, to use, um, to use black marketers, to create my, my website. Those things were important. So I had to keep moving through that, um, getting on the Nile list and working with, working with other black spaces to, to promote, um, going to the mom friends, things like that. Those all align with, with my womanism, right? Because I, I'm a womanist. Yes, I'm a feminist, but I'm a black woman. Okay. Like that intersectionality is very, very important to me. We are, we are, a people or a, a subset of people that we very rarely put one before the other. We are black women, <laughs> women that are black. We, we tend to not separate. We tend to, to put those things together. And that's, that's just very important for me. Um, also doing an oil blend. Oils are generally seen more as a black thing, right? <laughs> that's not even, a lot of white people don't even know they can use oil in their hair. They can. So white people listening, you can. You can put oil on your scalp. You can drop oil in your shampoos and your conditioners. Don't, don't be afraid. Like these are black women. And I I can say this for us. I would be, I feel like I can say this for all of us. We are black women owned businesses that are for everyone. (laughs) We're we're not just for black women. We just are black women. Um, And I think that that's important to just show that we can do everything too. We can do anything too. We can put us at the forefront and be successful too. Yeah, I think with respect to mission um, and, you know, goals, uh, words that are in our statement include like help and um, enhance. And I think that just circles back to my, um, you know, what I went to school to study, which is human resources. And it's not the stuffy um, data pushing, uh, paper pushing, human resources that you might think, but more so on the um, professional development side. So helping, career coaching, different things of that nature. Um, same thing with respect to Design Haven, but helping the business owner that has the great product, that has the great service, um, but doesn't necessarily know how to um, best leverage that um, and create their online presence, but then also just kind of best position their brand in general. Um, so it's all for me, um, you know, some of my core values are just helping people um, be the best that they can be um, and what they already um, excel in and just helping sharpen that um, and help them shine. Um, so with the words that we use um, within our mission statement and whatnot, it definitely aligns to who I am and my what I believe my purpose to be. I definitely agree. Um, when it comes to me and like my brand swimsuits that we offer, they go hand in hand with my purpose because at the same time as I was building my business, I'm also an entertainment um, industry personal stylist. So helping people feel their best and like look their best and feel their most confident, whether that's through swimsuits or through styling, I think everything I've been building and everything that I've been doing career-wise definitely align with my purpose. And um, just as the years go on, I'm seeing how that purpose expands and kind of trickles down into different things. So I do agree, but I do feel like my business and my career and just who I am as a person, they all kind of align together. 
Yeah, for me, my brand is about authenticity and personalization. And that's what I offer my clients. That's what I want my clients to offer to their clients. So it's definitely hand in hand aligned. And when I, I think, you know, we talked about how we're black women, right? And we service everyone. For me, what's important is to be authentic. And in servicing everyone, when you go to, again, Target, or you go to some other social media page, it's not crazy to see a white face. One of my main missions is to make sure that we understand as a society, as a community, as Americans in the world, are that we're gonna diversify those looks. We're gonna diversify these campaigns. We're gonna diversify these skin tones and these bodies. And when you come to a page and you see four brown faces in a row, do not be alarmed. It's okay. This does not mean this is only for black people, but we're gonna make sure, and it is my mission to make sure, to curate these campaigns where it's normal to see brown and black faces. It's normal to see curly hair. It's normal to see a puffball. It is normal to see these things without you having to be specifically part of a diversity and inclusion campaign. That's super important to me. That's a part of my mission. Multicultural marketing is important to me. It is not just a you know, term that is used to show prospective businesses, clients, and employees that you're cool. It's something that we actually do. I'm trying to keep my faith But I'm looking for more Somewhere I can feel safe And in my holy war Depression, not blessings. Why, oh, why'd you do me wrong? You persecute the weak because it makes you feel so strong. Don't have much strength to fight, so I look to the light to make these wrongs turn right. Head up high, I look to the light. Okay, so I love this song. Um, you know, I feel like Kanye was at a point in this song where. There were words and feelings he had to get out. And when we align it with the entrepreneurial journey, I think what I like about it is that it's all these phases, right? So it's a phase of where you do sometimes like falter a little bit in your faith. Like, man, we talk about this adversity, right? And messing up and you're like, man. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna keep my faith because I know that I'm on the right path, right? Like, it's not just me, but like, God got me and I have a mission. And like, this is something that I dreamt. And it's a dream that was given to me, right? That I'm gonna execute. So that's one of my favorite parts of the song. Also, if we're real, there's that part where there's like this climax where you just, you feel great. Kelly Price is singing, the choir is backing her up and you're like, yes, I'm, I'm in my purpose, I'm aligned, I'm doing good work, I'm making money, I feel great. And entrepreneurship is cyclical. I wish I could say it's like, you know, this rising slope, but that's not really what it is because you, you do jag down a little bit and then you come back up. And to me, that's what the whole song represents. Even, you know, in Chance's verse, he talks about, well, even before we get there, Kelly Price is like, you know, why are you trying to do me wrong? Let's be honest, you negotiate a lot in business with yourself, with your family, with your clients, you know, and sometimes you do feel like, wait a minute, 
I feel like, you know, everything is on the line. And, and that has been a real part of my journey too, where it was, okay, right today, just this one day, maybe this one hour, I don't feel like anything that I wanted to happen happened the way I want it to happen. That's been a part of my journey. And then it's like the chance verse where he's like, you know what? Even if you don't want to come on the ride, here's a raincoat. Like, I'm going to still get you. This is cool. We're going to be cool. Because another part of this journey is understanding that everyone's not meant to be your clients. There's this false sense of if you support me, then you will purchase my stuff. For certain things, that's absolutely true. For a service, it's not, right? Like, I'm not always a good fit with every company, even if my friend is an entrepreneur. And I had to be real about that because another thing, we talk about prices. I don't want to come down on my prices. And I don't want to bend over backwards, right? But it's cool. Like, this isn't for you. Here's a raincoat. We still don't get to where we need to go, but we can't necessarily do this part of the journey together. And at the end, again, it's just this huge crescendo of, I'm going to keep my faith. You know, I'm looking for more. This is why I'm doing this. This is a God dream. When he says that and like the choir is in the background and Kelly Price is taking me to church, I'm like, yes. I'm like the little girl in the beginning. Yes, Lord. Like, I just love that song. And it's definitely representative of my journey. Of course, you know, I love music. So I can think of a lot of different songs. But at the time that came up and I was like, this is it. How has you guys being entrepreneurs affected different relationships you've had? Like whether it's family, significant other, or friendship, like how has your choice in tackling this journey affected your relationships? It's a dangerous question. But it's a very important one because it is I actually posted something about this on my personal Instagram page today. Um, cause Will Smith, uh, put out a post, um, I think it was yesterday just about like how to surround yourself with the right people. Um, and then also, um, you know, he talks about how you should seek those, um, people that kind of fuel your, or fan, fuel fan, your flames that you got going. Um, so, you know, you got this fire product, you got this fire business, um, but you want to, um, you know, take note of, you know, who is supporting. Um, and like uh, Brittany, Brittany said earlier, it doesn't necessarily, like everything's not a good fit, but in the bare minimum, you should be there to follow. You should be there to recommend, refer. If it's not for you, it might be for somebody else. So repost ain't going to kill you. It's free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so he uh, further talks about, you know, you want to be around people that nourish and inspire you, inspire you. Um, and then also, um, you know, that will, the people that you hang around most are going to make or break your dreams. Um, so he says to look at the last five people that you texted um, and, you know, ask, are they helping me? Are they inspiring? Are they, you know, was it, and then obviously is it mutual? So y'all can help and inspire and, you know, do that for each other. Um, Cause you want to be around the people that are again, fueling your flame. So definitely timely question. That's fresh on my mind today. <laughs> I have what are called goal friends. And it's a term that, you know, I had brought up a couple of years ago when I was in journalism because 
especially when you're younger, you have friends for all different occasions, right? You have your go out and party friends. You have your, oh, I need to talk friends and everything else. And when I was younger, it made sense. But now, honestly, I need all my friends to kind of be on the same page. And I have this group of gold friends. They're the friends that understand entrepreneurship, even if they aren't an entrepreneur, right? It's because they are trying to create their own lane and their own journey. It's my friends that understand, no, I can't do this last minute thing that might call hundreds of dollars because I need to spend this money on something for my business and they don't make me feel bad. What I have learned in this journey, and especially during quarantine actually, with this journey, is that you really need to have people that are aligned. It's no longer about just having a good time, right? Because we have goals. And I can have a good time with people that also believe in my goals. When I look at the people that I text now versus the people that I text even eight months ago, while most of them are the same, the amount of time, the amount of effort, the type of energy that I give has definitely changed. Because I want the people who are like, hey, didn't you say you were going to have your website updated by this date? Like, yeah, we're going to talk and we're going to FaceTime and we're going to talk about Black is King. But okay, cool. So don't forget to do your website. Or, hey, I know my birthday's coming up and we're in quarantine. I want to make sure that we celebrate you. You know, like that reciprocity in their romantic relationships, let me tell you. Men can be your biggest fans or your biggest haters or women, whoever your partners are. Whoever your partner is, it's so funny. Part of this journey is learning that the reasons why people are attracted to you will be the same reasons that they resent you. And it's not on me to figure out how they're going to get through that journey. It's on me to say, wow, this is actually starting to hurt me. So I'm going to go ahead and move over here. You go ahead and do this. And that's friendships. That's full-time jobs. That's partners, romantic interests. It has to be a mutual reciprocity thing here. There has to be some serving going both ways. And when you start to resent me for being the rock star that actually attracted you, then that's when I start having problems. And it's not just romantic. It really is with your friend relationships. You'll, you'll come to find that some people aren't ready to grow. And I think that being forced to see someone grow can be encouraging if they're ready. And if they're not ready, sometimes it can lead to resentment. And I think what's important is realizing what your journey is. And it's okay sometimes to put someone to the side without you know, any type of malice or hurt behind it and say, I need to concentrate on this right now. Because I will say one of the lessons also that I learned is trying to hold someone's hand so that they like jump on the train and they're part of the journey. And, you know, everybody says they're a boss. I don't say I'm a boss, but everybody says they're a boss. But when it's time to do some work and you're like, hey, let's hold each other accountable. They're talking about the boy that then treated them bad for the fifth time. And it's like, hey, girl, I'm your friend and I really love you, but I'm really trying to talk about this business thing right now. You know, you just really have to figure out what your mission is and what your journey is and commit to it. And it's okay if someone else doesn't commit to it. But what I do want to say is like what was already shared, a repost, a follow, a like, those are free, right? So when you can't even do that, and they take seconds. So when you can't even do that, then I have to put everything together and say, wow, 
do you like me when we're going out or am I your real friend? Do you like me when we're slumming together or am I your real friend? I think these are things you have to, you know, be real with yourself about so that you don't feel bad when the conclusion is you like me when we're wasting time. Say, okay, this person really enjoys me when we're wasting time, but I'm not wasting time no more. So I'm just going to have to put them to the side and focus. I know that was long-winded, sorry, but when we talk about this path and you know, the things that we've learned, you know, Brett went through that so you don't have to go through that. I'm happy to share. <laughs> like, call me home. <laughs> I'm about to say, you dropped a couple of Jay-Z verses in there. I don't know if you even caught them, but you definitely caught, dropped a couple of Jay-Z verses. <laughs> so everybody call uh, yourself a boss, but when the invoices come, and when them checks start, get, what, 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 what happened? Hmm. It, it's very intriguing because I also had this, I had a piece of this conversation a bit today as well. And um, something that is also very important, I think, to understand when you go into, when you go into business or you go into business for yourself or you have to promote yourself, you have to do, my aunt says this all the time, you can't make grown people do things, Okay. Grown people going to do what grown people want to do. And if they want to support, they're going to support. If they don't want to support, they're not going to support. That is not on you to take that personally if someone doesn't support, right? Because there are times that you may not, you may want people to come to an event. You may want them to buy a thing. Maybe they can't do that, but maybe they also don't express that. But maybe they, maybe they do repost and maybe they don't tag you, but it goes out there. Sometimes you have to give some, sometimes, this is a sometimes, right? You have to give this benefit of the doubt. Now, if these people keep showing the, showing who they are, believe them right? If, if, if that is a continuous thing of not showing support or not being available when I want to talk or not, you know, not participating, then that's one thing. But it's another thing to immediately think that every single person that you know, or every single person that you hang out with, or everyone that you go, you know, you do things with is going to buy your product. They may not need it. <laughs> they just might not need it. You know, uh, so you have to also manage those expectations too. And you can't, you can't take that personally because you are only responsible for yourself or if you have, you know, small children, that doesn't count, but you can generally only be responsible for yourself. Um, and I think that sometimes when you're getting into business, it's, it's kind of like, um, a, a while ago, I guess last year, maybe the year before that, some influencer that had like millions of followers tried to sell some t-shirts and couldn't even sell a hundred and people didn't understand like why she couldn't. And it's one of those things that some people just like to scroll and see your picture. That doesn't mean that you're giving them something that they feel that they want to buy. And that is okay. <laughs> you do not have to expect, or you cannot assume that everyone is going to support you or every person you think will support you will, because some people are not supportive. You know, and, and, you know, this is your business. This is your baby. You have to support yourself and you lean on the people that are supportive. You talk to the people that are supportive. You build that, you build that tribe because as you age, friendships change and, and, and things that we want, they change and they change over time as we grow. And that's okay. It's okay to move out of, it's okay to move out of relationships. It's okay to move out of friendships. It's okay to do that stuff to grow. 
Um, but it's but you just don't you just should take that on when it's not when it's not your thing to take on because you, as an entrepreneur already got we already got jobs we already got at this point we got five jobs anyway just trying to run a business and have a and have a real job and have a personal life and stay healthy not get to covid try not to go crazy we just we already have all of these jobs that we're doing now you can't <laughs> you can't tack on that Takisha didn't support <laughs> that too you don't have time <laughs> so um i found that for me it's just being grateful for the support that you have and if you're not supporting gr- all right that's fine that's fine that's fine you know i'm not gonna i'm not going to block my blessing being mad at you for you being an adult and doing what you want to do um I think I have a a unique perspective. I don't know who all is married with a kid who is interrupting them as they talk right now. Um, so um, I'll say this first to piggyback off of what everyone else has said. Um, you know, I'm a black girl who believes in therapy. And um, part of that, part of the therapy that I have received um, is and one of the things that sticks out to me a lot is a statement that was made by my therapist which is that people are allowed to be who they are and you have to accept that um i remember you know a situation that was personal related to personal not business but trying to convert somebody into my mindset and my thinking and just how frustrating that was um and then my my therapist being like why are you trying to make this person be this thing to you that they're not um, and that people are allowed to be who they want to be. So that has kind of translated into everything as it relates to how I look at my relationships, my friends, um, how I respond to people who I don't think support me is just the idea that people are allowed to be who they want to be. And it's so funny that this is coming up because I had just made a post about something similar because I was talking about how we all, we have this option always to either focus on those people who are not supporting us or to do the the opposite. Um, And for me, the biggest way um, to see growth in your business is from doing such a stellar job that other people do the word of mouth for you. And so that it doesn't matter. I don't have to rant or say, hey, you're not supporting me. Because if you look at Beyonce with this Black is King thing, right? This is a prime example. Beyonce ain't said nothing. <laughs> we are reposting her stuff. We are, yes, girl, we are. It's the fashion puppy. So I, I think that when you do such a good job, you know, my focus is always on doing such a stellar job for people who are clapping for me that they have no choice but to hype me up, to share what I'm doing with other people. And then therefore that's how I get, you know, uh, through word of mouth is how I'm getting growth and scaling my business. And so I try not to even focus on like who's not supporting me. But another thing is like we talked about relationships and it's going to be a whole nother conversation. You got to bring me back for this way. Because what we're not talking about is how we all want to marry or be with somebody who is ambitious and know we don't want no scrubs. We don't like our TLC thing. But like, what does that look like when you actually get with that person? Like, how do you balance two very ambitious people who are both, who both have these competing interests and who both want to be successful? And how do you do that without losing each other? And that's like an ongoing thing 
Um, and that's something that me and my husband are constantly like working through. It's like, okay, wait, we both have these huge ideas. How do we balance that to be supportive of the other person, to not lose a sight of the romance and uh, being in love with each other while still being on our grind. So uh, that is one thing that I think is like important to think about. And I think that's why I probably always, I'm like, look, why you're, why you have the freedom to do whatever it is you want to do and chase whatever dream you want to chase, chase it full throttle without being so focused on being somebody's wife. I think we have made that such a prize and, and not that it's not amazing and awesome. Cause I mean, I love me some him. But I'm just saying, when I think back on my single years, I spent so much time like crying over some dude, some F boy that I don't even like remember middle name <laughs> at this point in life. And it's like, oh, dang, what if I had invested that same energy into making my business successful back then? Like, how much further along in life would I be? So, to all my single ladies, focus on your focus, girl. And to all my married women who are actually married to ambitious men, may the force be with you. <laughs> gonna be all right uh, and then the third thing is like I think having a child completely puts things into a whole nother perspective right so you have some people who are like oh do everything you want to do before you have a kid because you, you're not going to be motivated or you're not going to have the time and I found this to be completely different because after I had my son the whole thing then turned into like I this little boy didn't ask to be here I have to create the type of legacy for him that um he deserves. I have to be the type of mom that shows him that women are power players and to respect the value add of women. I have to be the type of worker who he looks up to. Like I have to be what I'm telling him to be. So like my grind, how I focus on like achieving my goals has really taken a huge shift um, post motherhood. And so I think that's something that women need to hear because a lot of times we feel like we got to get it all out the way before we have a baby and 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 having my son has really uh shown me that that's not the case like if you're a goal getter and it's something it, it really just kind of sharpens um your want to for me at least of, of, of like really expanding my brand and being better that leads us to my follow-up question um how do you balance like life and entrepreneurship because some people aren't able to balance both and some people are so like where where is it at for you guys like are you guys able to balance your regular life and be an entrepreneurship or do you find balance hard it, well, quarantine makes it easy mm -hmm. <laughs> well, well for me quarantine kind of for me i feel like quarantine kind of made it hard because me and my husband were at home all day every day together and i think he kind of was like oh this is what you be doing <laughs> <laughs> go back to work no I'm just joking but no seriously um i think entrepreneurship and my work-life balance intersect often because part of what i do is like lifestyle content um, for, for the career woman. I don't think there's a l enough emphasis placed on that. And I know that this whole thing is about entrepreneurship, but I love that like everybody on here still has a nine to five because sometimes people try to make entrepreneurship look so sexy that it's like the everyday woman gets lost in these conversations. And it's kind of like, it turns into this shaming of women who decide that they are focused on career growth. So a part of um, my brand is bringing to life 
you know, the lifestyle component of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur, but to also have a nine to five and what self-care looks like, what managing being a mom looks like. And so I kind of spill all that out through my Instagram, through TikTok videos, and then through CandiceGuys.com. Um, so mine intersect a lot. Um, and I also find that I go through sprints. So there may be a period in time where I'm, where I'm like pushing a lot of things. Like right now I'm pushing inking deal. I'm pushing, um, you know, acting as a consultant and all these different things. So that's a sprint for me. So my focus is really on, okay, give it 12 good weeks of hard work. Right. And then I go into also times of resting periods where the whole focus is, okay, right now I'm just focused on being present with my son, being more engaged with my husband, making sure that I am speaking his love language and things like that. So I think I kind of teeter back and forth as it relates to balance and not having it. For me, with respect to the quarantine, it helps because uh, all those temptations that run out the house and, oh, let's go grab a drink or, oh, let's go eat it. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm going to stay right in this house and go grab something from that refrigerator. Um, so like we have the nine to five, so I'm working virtually too. So, um, you know, I'm in the house. I'm, I got a standing desk. I, um, you know, am able to just kind of focus and, you know, be in my space and be in my zone. Um, so I'm working two computers at one time and just doing all these different things. Um, but with, uh, you know, quarantine and just in general, I'm not, you know, in that college space anymore where uh, weekends are reserved for partying. So I don't mind working on, um, you know, Saturday. Uh, during the day for a couple hours. Um, you know, we do our shout out Saturday on our Instagram at Design Haven. Um, so we are helping support brands that way. So building community and all these different things. And for me, you know, I enjoy it. So it doesn't even feel like I'm working on a Saturday. Um, so when you get into a space where you are enjoying what you um, do, uh, you know, you are, and then you're passionate about what you do. Uh, for me, I don't mind putting in some extra hours, um, you know, each day, um, you know, taking uh, sometimes you, you know, reserve Sabbath trying to, trying my best to on Sunday. Um, but, you know, really honing in on, you know, writing in my, like, agenda, planner, whatever, um, to be intentional on how I spend my time. I think that for me, there was definitely a blessing in having time to sit down. I obviously still work full time. I mean, I feel like my job expects me 24 hours a day now instead of eight because we're remote. But what it allowed me to do was say, okay, well, the workday is eight hours. What am I doing in these eight hours? It has never been for me a problem working Saturdays, Sundays into the night, early in the morning. That's never been the problem for me. The problem is systems. I needed to develop systems for my business. I needed to set things into place that would help me as a business and help my clients. Here's a process. When you come in, here's an onboarding form that already exists and you submit it this way. And then so-and-so reads this and reports back to me. You know, systems were so important to me. Um, having the time, and you have to be real, if you decide that you're gonna be an entrepreneur with a nine and a five, you can't skimp on either. And I feel like I had, I was skimping on my business and that's the last thing I want to do, right? Because I'm the one giving money to my business. I'm investing in my business. This nine to five and this business are aligned, but my business can't take the short end of the stick. And the thing is, most of us were entrepreneurs. So we're giving our nine to fives, not 100%, 200%. 
which I know is like a not real number, but any black woman knows what I'm talking about. Like they're getting 200% of our attention, of our time. And it helped me scale back. And it also helped me again, saying who deserves what time and effort based on the time and effort that they're giving me. Because we may all love our jobs, but they're not giving us the time and effort that we would give ourselves. And you have to, honestly, I had to learn when to turn it all. It's seven o'clock. The day is from nine to six. I've still been working. Time to turn it all. I know I did my best in my job. So, you know, the rest can be picked up in the morning. Balancing was hard for me. It really was because my business was scaling so fast and I was still staying at work till 10 p.m., right? So I'm tired, going home, working my business, waking up early, working my business, being at work by 10, leaving at 10 p.m., and the sleep wasn't coming. But you know what was coming? Weight gain, bags under my eyes, um, me saying yes to more clients than I really had the capacity to take on. And being able to sit down, develop systems, and really just realign my time and energy has been a godsend for me. So, you know, there's blessings in the mess. And that's what quarantine has been for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to piggyback off of that because for the longest, I felt like between working my nine to five and being at the beck and call of my own clients, as well as working my business and being at the beck and call of my customers as well as my seamstress and the incredible women that are on my team with me it was just like okay so what now like between this and this like when do i have time to just take a bath (laughs) not even a shower like when do i have time to literally just take a bath and put on a mask and chill for two seconds i honestly have learned through this time how to put in systems that make sure my clients are taken care of, make sure my team is taken care of. And after a certain point each day, you know, there's a cutoff time. And that is my time to like do whatever it is I need to do personally. So this has definitely been a blessing in disguise for sure. As far as like allowing me to be in a space where I can create balance. I I, I agree with all of those things. Um, Balance is, I think balance is something that can be hard to come by in general, Um, even not being an entrepreneur. But when you're adding so many things on, we're adding, again, the space that we're in currently, us being in a quarantine, we're in a pandemic, where we're in a a space of unrest, of civil unrest. Um, so So it is a lot to try to balance. And then there's also relationships, your personal relationships. Um, you're, I'm married too. So I, so I understand you have, you know, you still have to, you still have to cater to and still be invested in this relationship. You have parents, you know, I have have parents and grandparents. We have all these different, different aspects that just pull us in different directions. And it's important to, to know what your priorities are. And sometimes your priorities shift from day to day based on what is going on. And something may need more attention than something else on that particular day and being fluid um, and then being honest about those things and being honest about the time, the bandwidth, the energy that you have to devote to those things. Because maybe, maybe that Monday you're going to have, maybe you have to take off work. Maybe you have to take off your nine to five that day 
um, because you need a mental health day and you need to you need to clear some space or maybe you need to utilize you know maybe you need to utilize that PTO to do something for your for your business maybe you need to start to consider maybe I shouldn't check emails all night <laughs> maybe I need to have a bedtime maybe I need a routine you know those, those are things that you have to start that I think that quarantine has helped has helped us really understand how important those things are because we were just going and going and going and going and then we were forced to sit down but then still be going at the same time because all it did was put us inside of a space to keep going it's like it's like instead of you running your three miles you run at the at the um outside on the track now you run it on a treadmill it's still happening but you have to you have to manage it and 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 just and be kind to yourself too in that in that as well that's something that i've been learning over time i also believe in therapy um i also i also believe in it's not just self care in the way that self care and mindfulness and wellness have become more buzzwords because there are some aspects of those things that that um that don't touch every aspect of our lives sometimes sometimes okay yes you can you know like my product my product can be considered a self-care product right that you are taking this time to put the oil on your edges to give you that time of day Okay, yes, but also your self-care that day may be, maybe you, sh maybe you should eat a vegetable, you know? <laughs> maybe you need to eat a salad. Maybe you need to work out um, and just kind of just trying to find some kind of balance. And then again, like I said, not beating yourself up about it because every day isn't going to be balanced. Some, something might fall by the wayside and you have to pick it back up, nurture it again, and and get back to it. I know for me, when quarantine first started, I had a lot of things going on personally that I had to kind of step back a little bit from, from a lot of different things, my work, business, everything, just step back a little bit and then start to reprioritize. And then, and then it was able to, okay, now I'm able to push out this information. I'm able to push out these marketing, um, push out these marketing pieces. I am able to now take these, take these calls take more opportunities like this. Some of that just took some time, but it also took that, took that being kind to myself to say, you can't do everything and that's okay. Um, and maybe tomorrow you can't. Some of them men think they freak this like we do, but no, they don't. Make your check come at the neck. Disrespect us, no, they won't. What I need to try to touch this. What is beat is crazy. This is how they make me. Houston, Texas, baby. I had to like really think hard on what song I was going to choose because there are so many, like everyone else said. But for me, it's verse two of Run the World. Like when she says that she's representing for all the women and talks about college grads, um, the confidence that she's exuding throughout the lyrics beyond the catchy beat, um, what she's saying about men being respectful of her time and running her her check and how she's handling her nine to five plus having you know, making babies and getting back to the millions. I just feel like that kind of encompasses who I am as an entrepreneur, a mom, a wife, um, and an employee. Um, and it just really embodies like my journey of 
of how I want to be inspirational and empowering to the women around me. So it's like an entire vibe. Like the song, when you really just look at the lyrics of what she's saying, it's a whole vibe and a whole mood. And it um, makes you proud of who you are. Because I think sometimes, especially as a mom, um, you can feel like mom guilt is a real thing that you kind of don't understand <laughs> until you're in the midst of it. Um, readjusting to having like a new body and all those different things. And so just thinking about like how amazing and awesome your body is to be able to actually carry a human being like from conception to birth and then the fact that we get back to it in mo more ways than one um you know literally being every woman um that's who i am and that's what i think that my journey shows and my journey shows that you can basically be anything you want to be you don't have to make a choice between having one thing or another thing um, you can do it all, um, you know, as long as you understand what it means to balance. Um, and I don't even like to use the word balance because kind of what, you know, our friend was talking about just previously is like, it's not really a balance. It's choosing from day to day what you're placing your emphasis on and what things are important at that moment. So that's how I chose that song. And plus, as you can already tell, I stand for Beyonce. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how did you guys know that entrepreneurship was right for you? Because a lot of people can try it and it's not a good fit for them. How did you guys realize that it was a right fit for you? I didn't have my first job when I worked for somebody else until I was over 21, right? So I grew up in a household where my father was an entrepreneur. My mom worked a nine to five. She was a sergeant for the police department. And then she came home and did the administrative work for my dad's business. So I got to see two sides of it, right? I got to see your woman that works your nine to five, is a mom, has a husband, has kids, and still comes home and does a job of her own, uh, supporting her husband's business. And then I got to see my father who, he didn't wanna work for anybody anymore. And my mom was like, listen, he was like a manager at Rite Aid when I was little. And my mom was like, listen, you're miserable. Go figure out what makes you happy. So I know what it looks like to be a nine to five and a five to niner. And I know what it looks like to have a supportive partner. You know what I mean? And I know also that it's possible to raise your family or yourself in my case, um, based off of your own hard work and belief in yourself. And I've seen that journey. So, um, you know, before I started working for someone else when I was 21, my family also wound up opening up a restaurant. So I ran that day to day. I employed my best friend. I employed others. And I had so much fulfillment doing that. But what I also, because I was so young, I did it from 19 to 22. What I realized is that if you're going to work this hard, it needs to be for something that you want to work this hard for. And I was like, okay, go get some, some other world experience come back and see what it is that you want to do. And I'm so glad I did that because I was able to get into the marketing industry. I was able to get into the entertainment industry. And I think what it all comes back to, again, is are you being fulfilled? And I was able to have my own marketing business, something that I believed in because, yes, I do amazing marketing work for clients and brands alike, but I didn't have complete ownership. And I think that was missing, that fulfillment, that I know this could have been better if we did this, or I don't understand why we didn't use this black face 
to put in another blonde girl. You know, it's, it's that fulfillment and that passion for me that was like, yeah, you know, you kind of like doing your own thing. And at some point, it's also going to be the switch of right now, I just want to concentrate on my business. And I also look forward to that day as well. A similar, a similar uh, situation as far as the fact that both of my parents um, always had entrepreneurial spirits. And so I think that has kind of trickled down as a birthright to all of the kids because each of us in some way are entrepreneurs and go after that. Um, and so I don't know that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur or that I knew that I would want to be an entrepreneur because from seeing the hard work that goes into it and them revamping businesses and starting over again, and then, you know, all the work it takes to, to be successful in some ways, I really just wanted the security of knowing for a fact that like, okay, I'm going to get this paycheck consistently from uh, working for this firm or working for this fortune 100 and I don't have to work these additional hours. Um, and so entrepreneurship was something that I kind of fell into as I got more mature and um, really started having creative ideas that I wasn't able to fulfill necessarily through my role in, in these companies. But one thing that I think um, kind of did push me toward entrepreneurship and is nothing to be sneezed at for people who are working in corporations or in businesses um, for someone else is what you learn about um, management skills, what you learn about um, everything from drafting reports to how you um, interact with subordinates to what things work, what things don't work, understanding numbers, understanding just all the things that really make a business go. Um, and so I think that um, I'm continuing to learn and to leverage the experiences that I'm having at my corporate job to help me to um, really elevate my own business. And so that's something that I think is important for people to keep in mind is that when you really get serious about being the best employee that you can be, it then uh, creates these opportunities for you to be the best entrepreneur that you can be because you're learning pretty much on someone else's dime rather than situations where people jump out straight into entrepreneurship with no experience working for other people and you're kind of just figuring out everything from scratch on your own so my story is a little bit different as i mentioned before um i didn't necessarily have that well i didn't have that um in-house influence or anybody that um you know was in the more white collar um professions it was more so family that um i'm from Pittsburgh, so um we are formally known to be like the steel city um so a lot of blue collar environment um, and with that, me just going to college and then getting internships, that was like my, oh, this is what corporate's like, number one. And I kind of clung to that, like, oh, this is my going to be my claim to fame is to make it big in one of these big corporations. So I worked at, um, you know, three global companies um, so far that have, like, taught me a lot. And like I said, I've seen all the ebbs and flows. Um, and what really started to put things in perspective for me with respect to, um, you know, just the importance and opening my eyes to that there's another way to also do, like, to get it, if you will, um, was seeing the impact of one of the companies I work for. Um, they're, they just didn't, it was a lot going on in-house, so I'll just leave it at that, and um, it caused uh, over 100,000 layoffs. 
Um, so it was three to 100,000 people, you know, there, but caused a bunch of layoffs and just downsizing and all of these things. And, um, you know, with that particular company, I wasn't impacted. However, I stepped into a different space with a different company, same situation. The industry wasn't doing well. Um, it was a manufacturing industry. Um, so, you know, supply and demand. The supply wasn't high, but they had, I'm sorry, the demand wasn't high. Um, and they had all this extra supply sitting there, which means that they're losing money at this point, which means what did they do? They started cutting work. They started cutting employees and departments and whatnot. So I actually was impacted, um, you know, by this. And, you know, that was a, a blessing because I was, I was happy about that um, because it wasn't the space for me. Um, and it was a very toxic environment. Um, but it was also a wake up call because, yeah, you might think that you're secure, but anything can happen at any moment to sneak up and that it can be yanked away no matter. And there was no performance issues. I did really well in the job, um, despite all the things, but it, you know, it's, it just, that's the nature and that's the nature of the beast. Um, so for me, <clears throat> when I started working at Visa, um, I definitely noticed the shift in the environment, definitely more healthy, um, you know, happy and, um, you know, that commitment to diversity and inclusion, which is important to me. I had the opportunity to step into this branding space, but um, I'm still seeing, you know, and hearing and reading that it's still important to have your own. So that's what, you know, prompted me to pull all these skills, experiences and whatnot together to create Design Haven. Um, I... For me, it was a matter of, I know that I have things that I want to share with the world. The only way to share them is for me to put them out there. It was kind of, kind of a point blank, kind of a point blank period of that is just how it functions when you have a, a when you have a, when you have an idea that can, that becomes a product. Um, you're kind of, that's really the only way to do it. Um, so that's how I, I've gotten into it, but I, but I always knew that I like to have freedom. Um, that is just, that's just my personality. Um, I had started to look for nine to fives that were remote before COVID because something that was very important for me was that I need to be able to come and go as I please. <laughs> um, period. <laughs> Just, I like to come and go as I please. From a travel perspective, um, I moved, I, I had moved from uh, the DMV area to Los Angeles. I needed to be able to get back and forth. So that became very important to me. Um, as I fleshed out that that was so important to me, because that also does take time. Um, I when we work nine to fives and when we're, when we're just working in our jobs, you're trying to find fulfillment and then you have to figure out what the fulfillment is. Is it the work that you do? Is it the freedom that you want? Is it the money that you need? It's just all these different things that we have to decide. And sometimes things change. Um, I had something that was important to me was I wanted to be director before 30. I got there at 28 and then I was like, okay, well, now, and I didn't really care for it. Didn't really care for the work. It was nice. I had a nice title. But then also in that, in that type of role, being a director, I was the youngest director. So I'm in this space where I was the youngest director and I was a black woman. I was the only black person in this, in this level of management. 
and I'm a black woman and I'm the youngest person here. It was a lot. <laughs> it just was a lot. And it became, what is that really what was important? Not really. I learned in that job that what was important to me was being able to come and go as I please. Because even though I was able to get the title, I was able to get those accolades. I was tied to where I worked. Um, at the time I was working at, um, I was working at a hotel and working in the, in the technology. So that, it, it just had me tied too tight. Um, and so I started to expand and to think about what was important to me. Um, and as, as I thought about those things, that's how I came to the product. That's how I came to going to going, um, going through teacher training to become a yoga teacher. That is how I got into those spaces because I had to start to do things that were important to me. That wasn't just the, wasn't just what we generally think of as important, right? Go to college, get a job, get married, all that jazz. I did all that. And I still felt like I needed other things. I needed other fulfillment too. And that's also okay. And I, and I, I hope people understand that um, because I, um, Candace has said a few times, like, you know, in your singledom, like think of these things because once you get to married land, it ain't all just beautiful. You know, it, it's, it's work and it's time and you're, and you're, you're, congealing yourself with another person y'all are you it's not it already takes two holes to come together and be a partnership right you can't be two 50 50s and think that that's gonna that that is the 100 percent. no it's actually like 200 percent when you're getting married because you need to be fulfilled in general and sometimes when you do that young you haven't you haven't thought those things through yet then you come together and realize oh i thought that that was what i needed but that wasn't it um, and I think that we have seen a lot of other, a lot of generations in front of us that happen to them and then they have to figure that out too. So it's kind of, I've been in a space that I just wanted to feel fulfilled in the life that I'm living and not just because of the money that I make or the family that I have or those things. It's also things that are just personal to me. Um, and that's how I feel for my husband too, for my friends that, that I know that there's more to life, <laughs> you know, and that's, there's nothing wrong with searching for those things too. And it's also nothing wrong with, if you want to be partnered with someone and that's what you feel like your goal is too, that's fine too. You just may find that later on that you may need more and that's okay. Um, so that's kind of how I got into, into this space um, and just continuing to be in this space. And then once you get into the space of actually getting the product out there, it's, it's weird, but all of the ideas, once you get past the, some of that first business stuff, the, some of the, the paperwork and the, the trademarks and the, all of those things, once you kind of get, get past that, then you can feel, oh, I can just, oh, I can do so much. And it opens up. It opens you up to so many more possibilities. Um, and that's, it's just, it's great. Um, it's not easy, but it's fulfilling. So our last question is like a two-part question. Um, the first part is, uh, what goal do you, did you guys set for yourselves? 
to be the, the point where you're like, okay, I'm gonna quit my nine to five and do this full time. And then I want you to also after that, give an elevator pitch of what your company is to promote your company to our listeners. I will say that for me, um, I haven't set that goal yet. There's a lot that I think you have to think about before you walk away from your nine to five and not just only the profit that you're gaining, but other things like, what do I want my retirement plan to look like? You know, I have to consider 401k. I have to consider healthcare. I have to consider, um, the comfort that I get in knowing that I have that cushion (laughs) if anything was to happen or to go wrong. So um, I think the general rule for me is that I feel like it's okay to keep your nine to five unless you're making at least twice as much as you making at your job at the, or you feel like you're just, the clientele is just running in to the point where there's literally no capacity for you to uh, do both uh, properly. So for me, I haven't quite set that goal yet. I'm going to do as much as I can for as long as I can and uh, kind of cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, I'm an attorney, a corporate attorney, and I help influencers, creators, and small businesses protect their brand equity by understanding contracts and negotiations. And I do that in a few ways. The first way is by offering valuable content via my um, weekly live streaming videos on Instagram and Facebook at Candice Guys, and also by writing content as a content creator um, at Exo Nicole, where I'm making a pivot more to speaking about those type of things, um, and currently writing lifestyle and beauty information for the career woman. And then also uh, inking the deal, which is my step-by-step guided course that allows you to learn all about everything you need to know about um, legitimizing your business and protecting your brand equity through contracts and legal terms of use. Um, and then the final way is by taking a very select number of clients who want to bring me on either as a consultant for their business or as an attorney to review contracts for them and to audit those contracts that they already have in place. Um, and to try to make sure that they are operating their businesses and entering into contract terms in a way that number one, make sure that they get paid. Number two, make sure that they get paid what they deserve to be paid. Um, number three, that they're not taking advantage of. And number four, that they protect their brand equity. So that's what I do in a nutshell. People can find me on all things social at Candace Guys, and that's K-A-N-D-I-C-E-G-U-I-C-E. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I just joined TikTok. I'm thankful to be a part of a TikTok um, uh, learn on TikTok initiative that they actually have because I was like refusing to get on TikTok. I'm like, I'm not joining anything else, but was reached, uh, was contacted by TikTok to do educational content on there. And it's actually been really fun. And then um, Facebook, pretty much everywhere, Pinterest everywhere. So for me, um, I feel like I would leave my nine to five when I feel like I can no longer devote the resources to both. And whether that's emotional or physical, that's when I'll stop. When I am no longer fulfilled at my job or if I'm no longer fulfilled in my business, whichever comes, you know, that's when I'll stop. I don't have a income goal. I don't have a you know, amount of clients goal. It's really, I feel like I'll know. 
For me, quick elevator pitch. Curated Media is a full-service boutique marketing agency that believes in telling authentic stories. We no longer believe in just marketing and selling products and brands and services. We understand that the true value comes in providing a need to your clients in the same way we provide a need and a service to our clients. So we absolutely believe in meeting people where they are. We specialize in meeting them, whether it is digitally, like social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, definitely SEO content. We make sure that your websites have the content that you need to attract the people that you want. And we also specialize in email marketing. So we design full service concepts all the way up to delivery. For us, we don't care so much about the project, but the message that we're trying to deliver with the project and just making sure that the loyalty continues through the campaigns that we create so that you don't always have to pay us to bring people to you. The campaign that we develop resonates so strongly that people will remember your name and continue to come back. You can find me at Brittany Sierra on every single social media and you can find my company at Curated C-U-R-8 T-E-D underscore media on every single social media because as a marketer, I believe in consistency. Make it really easy. So for me, I also don't really have a goal as far as financials or clients or customers or anything to benchmark my time to leave my nine to five and do my business full time. Um, So far where I am with that is just as we take on more Um, as I take on more clients and as my business continues to grow, I actually want to use that as an opportunity to hire other women of color and kind of teach them the way that business goes. Um, if they choose to want to start their own business, like I would love to help them do that. Um, if they just want to work with A&P forever, I love that too. So (laughs) I'm just kind of taking it as it goes and not really trying to put pressure on myself because for the longest I was like, okay, by the time I'm such and such age, like I'm going to do this. And it's just like the closer I approach different ages, I'm like, I'm not the same person that I was the year prior, even eight months prior to. So it's just really difficult for me to look at a specific timeline at the moment and say, okay, this is the day that like I'll give up styling and give up, you know, costume design for television and film. You know, I can't really decide that because I love everything that I do. So as long as I'm able to do it and as long as I love to do it, I want to do it all. Um, but as far as elevator pitch goes, Aaron Phoenix Swim is a sustainable lifestyle company. Right now we do swim and active and skincare, um, but we're branching out into a bunch of other fun things really, really soon that I'm excited for. And we're made here in the U.S. Our team is 100% female, the majority being black, which is dope. And you can find us everywhere um, on all socials. Uh, at Arrow and Phoenix Swim. And that's Arrow, like bow and arrow, Phoenix, like the city. I think for me, it's with respect to leaving the nine to five, I want to stay as long as I possibly could. Um, I wouldn't have an issue with that as long as I can. um, I feel like I can balance both. um, And I still have that passion and desire to be in both spaces. Um, In the same breath, I have thought about, um, you know, creating Design Haven for it to one day 
be my exit exit strategy. Um, but I don't have, you know, any benchmarks to that as of right now. And I'm comfortable with that, um, which is why I'm comfortable in staying in a nine to five as well. Um, so it's not a job that I hate or, uh, hate or anything like that. Definitely enjoy what I do on both fronts. Um, as far as ele elevator speech, um, so Design Haven is the one-stop shop for brand building solutions. We are a uh, Black-owned uh, branding and marketing uh, consulting business that creates visibility, credibility, and then also profitability for entrepreneurs and emerging leaders. Um, so we all are also 100% female-owned, and then I have um, a team that um, or uh, consist of a black and then also a Latino woman. Um, so we act as brand ambassadors, marketing strategists, and then also equity champ champions. Um, so whether the business that we are working with or our clients are grassroots and growing, or they're established, um, but they need a brand refresh, uh, we are here and ready to help them create something great together. So our website is uh, www.designhavenstudio.com. And then our Instagram is design underscore haven underscore studio. For me, um, I want I echo everyone's sentiment <laughs> that quitting my job um, is not really at the forefront of my mind. Um, it's kind of more so, uh, as Brittany said, when I I'll know <laughs> I'll know I'll know when it's time. Um, it's, it's not really about the money. Um, it is, there is a bit of stability that matters, um, at, uh, to Candace's point there, there is that because there is a, there is a large leap of faith when you're leaving a, um, a biweekly or monthly paying job. Um, but for me, I do like what I do on my day job. I'm a project manager. Um, I work in the nonprofit space. Um, and I also work in events as well. So I'm also a conference planner. Um, so for me, I like doing that. It's very different from, uh, from my, um, from my business. So I feel that as long as I have the capacity to do both, I will most likely do both or unless I run dry in, in one, then that's just what happens. And I'll have to take, I'll have to step aside. Um, so that, <laughs> that for me, so we'll see. Um, and as far as an elevator pitch, um, so Rosantra V Organics um, is handcrafted vegan, natural, and organic oils that promote healthy hair and skin as well as nails. Um, so nails are coming. Um, our our uh, motto is quality should not be sacrificed given all the abundance around us. And that's built into every formula and, and they're all crafted with premium ingredients um, all chosen for their soothing, smoothing, moisturizing, and growth properties. Um, so you can find us at Rosandra, so R-O-S-A-N-D-R-A-V-I.com. Um, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Rosandra V, again spelled R-O-S-A-N-D-R-A-V-I Organics um, on Instagram and Facebook. So. And that's a wrap. Now, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed the conversation with these five amazing women. Um, usually we close out with a Dear Black Girl open letter, but a lot just happened. So I figured we're just not gonna close with a letter today, but I do wish you guys uh, continued good health, safety, and to continue to stay motivated, empowered, and mentally strong, man, because this is a really hard time. 
for some people. So yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>